Doing great, baby. Let's go Raider Nation. Fresh year. Let's go get it. It's unnecessary roughness. Josh Jacobs, 74 yards on 13 carries, and he gets it again. Pitches it back to Carr. Looking downfield for Devontae Adams. It's straight at the five. Touchdown, Raiders. And that's even more glorious. Again. That's even more glorious. We need to throw a flea flicker in there, catch the defense completely off guard, and Devontae Adams runs behind the Chargers defense. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. Q. And here we go, Raider Nation. You just heard a Devontae Adams touchdown on a flea flicker. That was one of the 14 touchdowns he had in 2022. Never gets old hearing the greatness of Devontae Adams, that's for sure. Uh, the dude was phenomenal in year one with the silver and black. And, look, the thing about it is, which is so funny to me, is we, I think we all knew how great Devontae Adams is, right? It's not like it's a it's some surprise. Oh, Devontae Adams is really good at wide receiver. But when you see him up close to personal, and I'm really starting to think about selfishly last year when training camp opened up since we're uh, just a couple days away from the first day of practice on the 26th at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. When you actually see him up close and personal and how good he really is, and, and really I, I'm, I'll be more specific and even say just in a practice state of mind, the dude is incredible. Just really. I mean, there were some things that he did and some, some catches he made during training camp last year, and I would look over at Vinny and say, wow, just, you know, just, or whoever was standing next to me. Again, it shouldn't be a surprise. We all have seen him from a distance for a very long time. But, man, seeing him and, and, and him being a member of the Raiders in 2022, it was great to see and know that he's on, on the good guys team, right? <laughs> he's representing the Raiders. So that was fun. Uh, also in the open there, you heard Jimmy G say, uh, New Year. Let's get it, Raider Nation. Why did he say that? He had a thumbs up. All the uh, conversation was out on Sunday because he passed his physical, something that had been talked about quite a bit. And, and it's funny, when the news broke, uh, Adam Schefter, I believe, put it out first, and, and Tom Pelissero of NFL Network, and I know Vinny Bonsignor and Vic Tafer also confirmed it and put it out there. Uh, you know, it was one of those things where I kind of looked at it like, yeah, okay, he, he passed his physical, no doubt. But I realized later that, oh, yeah, it, it was still a, a, a something about, you know, the physical and that he had to go and pass it, and he hadn't done that quite yet. It almost felt like a foregone conclusion that uh, he had already passed his physical, even though I know, as much as we've talked about it, that he hadn't. But it's just one of those situations that you kind of really don't think about it too much. I hadn't put a whole lot of stock in it. I think I was more uh, thinking about Tyree Wilson and Byron Young, who we found out on Friday, weren't going to open up training camp. So I kind of thought that there was no doubt that was all the conversation had been leading up to uh, this week, that Jimmy G was going to be ready to go for week one. But to get that extra confirmation that Jimmy G was, in fact, healthy, ready to go, past his physical, I think it was kind of a sigh of relief for Raider Nation. So that's good to know that QB1 is going to be under center when uh, camp opens up and practice opens up on Wednesday. And, of course, we'll be there for that tomorrow. We'll hear from head coach Josh McDaniels around 930 in the morning. You can hear that uh, presser on Raider Nation Radio 920, the morning tailgate. They'll have that for you. And then it's full throttle. It's a go. Right? They've already sent out the media guides. They've sent out the credential request. I mean, that's when you know. <laughs> that's when you know that it's getting real and it's getting closer and closer. Only thing we're waiting on now is the schedule. Once we get the schedule of training camp, when we know that they're going to be practicing, when they won't be practicing, what times they'll be talking, that's when everything will be really in concrete. We haven't got that quite yet, but I'm sure that that's right around the corner as well, tying up a lot of uh, loose ends right now at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. But here we are. Another week, excited about the shows that we have each and every day and excited to get back out there for training camp and see what this uh, Raiders 2023 team is going to be looking like. 
Still waiting to hear about Marcus Peters as he is uh, visiting with the Raiders today, something we talked about quite a bit. Want to see uh, if he ends up getting signed, and I do believe that he will. But, of course, until it's official, it's not official. We also found out that cornerback uh, Troy Hill was going to be visiting with the Raiders as well. So I kind of raises a little bit of eyebrows like, okay, veteran cornerbacks, multiple veteran quarterbacks. So do they not feel confident in the guys that are in the, in the room right now? Do they want to provide a little bit extra competition? Is Nate Hobbs' eye a little bit uh, more, you know, concerning than it sounded like on Saturday when he took a softball to the eye and had a little bit of blood on his eye at the Battle for Vegas, uh, something I did not see personally on hand. I wasn't there for the game, but uh, from all, you know, all reports and everything, uh, he was okay. But uh, it's still unfortunate, right, to catch a softball in the eye because uh, those things, they say that their name are softball, but they're everything but soft. So, uh, yeah, that was unfortunate for Nate. Uh, also, the Raiders lost the battle for Vegas against the Golden Knights 22-21, which from everything I'm hearing was a really good game. So I'm glad that everyone that got an opportunity to go out there had a really good time. And everyone that received tickets here on Raider Nation Radio 920 also was able to take advantage of it and be part of that sold-out event. So, you know, a little concerning when you see multiple veteran cornerbacks coming in for visits, but, you know, it's, it's, it's a 90-man roster that you're putting together right now, uh, so you want to provide the best competition, the most competition that you can. Coming up on the show today at 2.30, our normal Monday guest, Ed Grady from ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station. He's part of the Press Box every single morning, Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with Tyler Bischoff, and also, of course, the Las Vegas Review Journal does a fantastic writing for them. So Ed Grady will join us at 2.30 to talk all things Raiders training camp, talk about Jimmy G, talk about Marcus Peters, talk about anything under the sun when it comes to the silver and black. That's coming up at 2.30. At 3.30, Kevin Ostriker, he's host of Locked on Ravens, good friend of the show. He'll join the show to talk about Marcus Peters. And, you know, he's been a member of the Ravens since 2019 uh, when they made the trade with the Rams for him. Had a really good season in 2019. 2021, he tore his ACL. 2022, he was back. So I always believe as a guy that's torn multiple ACLs, you're always better. Your second year removed from that torn ACL. So we'll ask Kevin what he thinks about Marcus Peters and what he could provide for the silver and black if and when he signs. And again, I do believe he's going to sign a, a contract sooner rather than later and be out there available for training camp. And I'll tell you, from a personal standpoint, I've watched Marcus Peters from a, a distance for a long time uh, when he was with Kansas City, obviously with the Rams and the Ravens. I've always been a fan of the player. Uh, and I, I always thought he provided a little bit of edge. You know, he had a little bit of uh, his own type style of personality. Uh, you know, and, and, of course, when he was going up against the, the Raiders with, when he was with the Chiefs, you never wanted to see him succeed. He was very successful uh, with the Chiefs. He's been very successful everywhere he went. But, uh, I mean, just selfishly, I'll enjoy covering him, right? I mean, I'll enjoy getting an opportunity to talk to him following games. And, you know, just I, I think that he's a smart dude. Uh, even when he was in college, when he was at UW. And I know everything didn't go great there for him, but uh, he was a hell of a player there. So uh, if the Raiders do, in fact, go ahead and sign him, uh, I'll, I'll enjoy covering him at least this year or however long he's with the Silver and Black. So uh, Kevin Ostriker, host of Locked On Ravens, will join us at 3.30. We'll talk all things Marcus Peters. Then at 4 o'clock, very excited about this conversation. Brian Fisher, college football writer for Fox Sports, he's going to join the show, and he's been putting out a, a, a series of, uh, of, of pieces that he's been writing talking about different positions in college football. And the final one that really caught my attention was one he put out last week, says, Prepping for the NFL, who is the best at producing pro defensive backs? And, of course, you know me. I always say DBs win games, and defensive backs is always a conversation that I'm uh, I, I have no problem having <laughs> around here. Uh, love that position. I think that the Raiders have not uh, had the top flight DBs like they did in their past history. 
They haven't had that in a while. Uh, but that's not the, the whole basis of the conversation. That was just the article that caught my attention. But he did a series when it's talk about college programs putting out the best quarterbacks, putting out the best offensive linemen, putting out the best running backs. And the reason why I'm excited about this conversation when I was in Central Texas at ESPN Central Texas, we were the flagship station for Baylor. So we covered Baylor, and I remember then head coach Art Bryles, who is not a head coach anywhere anymore because of the scandal that they had there at Baylor, he always used to say, look, my job is to win games at Baylor University. My job is not to put guys in the pros and make them pro-ready. Well, I know a lot of players didn't like that. Now, it worked well for Baylor because they won a lot of games, but when these guys got to the league like a RG3, what happened? They flamed out. Guys like a Bryce Petty, what happened? They flamed out. Guys like Corey Coleman, what happened? They flamed out. You get what I'm saying. Like a lot of these players were really good in college. When they got to the NFL, they weren't ready. So that's why, and it's not just exclusive to Baylor then, but, I mean, there's plenty of programs around college football that do a good job of prepping for the NFL and then others not so much. So in Alabama's case, or even the SEC, as we're looking at Alabama, we're looking at Georgia now, they churn out NFL players year after year after year. It used to be when it came to uh, Alabama, when it came to Alabama, it was, what, um, running backs and, and defensive players. And then all of a sudden, Bryce Young goes number one as a quarterback. So now they're getting into the quarterback business. And then you get uh, other programs, Georgia. They're putting out players after player after player after player. So there's a lot going on when it comes to the college game and a lot of evolution that is going along. So definitely want to talk to Brian Fisher about that. And Ari's just let me know uh, the little breaking news is that the one-year deal for uh, Marcus Peters is now official like a referee's whistle. That's according to uh, Ian Rappaport from, uh, from NFL Network. So as I thought – it was going to happen. Marcus Peters was going to be added to the mix sooner rather than later. Uh, Ari, thank you for uh, thank you for that information, passing it along down the line. Apparently, the workout was impressive that Marcus had, and he signed the deal with the Raiders. So now they have to make a corresponding move. That's the other thing, right? They have a 90-man roster, 91 if you count the international player, which he does not count against the the roster. But with that being said. They do have to make a, a corresponding move to get down to 90. Now, Jordan Schultz, uh, our good friend from the score, uh, just sent me a text message as well. Cornerback Marcus Peters is signing with the Raiders, a four-time All-Pro selection of the 2015 Defensive Rookie of the Year. He's from Oakland. He grew up rooting for the Silver and Black. Uh, he said, I'm a Raider fan at heart, he once told reporters. And, again, that's Jordan Schultz uh, passing that along. So now all of it's out. Uh, Vinny's going to be commenting on it soon. Vic's already commenting about it. Vic Tafer's already commenting about it. So uh, there you go. As planned. That's great timing, <laughs> right? Great timing. Uh, we were just talking about Marcus Peters and the fact that uh, we thought that the signing was going to happen sooner rather than later, and apparently it's sooner. So, uh, yeah, there you go. That's good that we have Kevin Ostriker from uh, Locked on Ravens joining us at 3.30. So there you go. We're locked and loaded. We're excited about the show today. We also have Cover 3 NFL news and notes of the day. We plan on getting in around 3 o'clock. And then 4.30, reason or excuse. We're going to have that as well. And, look, this is hour four for me for radio. <laughs> did a three-hour show earlier today on ESPN, and I'm glad I did. It got some really good sound that I want to bring to, to the show as well from both Ryan Clark and also the Hall of Famer Daryl Green. How often do you get to talk to a Hall of Famer, Daryl Green? But we had a really good conversation, myself and Harry Douglas, a former NFL wide receiver. We were able to do a show this morning on ESPN Radio. So uh, I'm ready to go, man. <laughs> I'm ramped up. I'm amped up. I'm fired up. I mean, every up you could be, I am right now. And so, uh, yeah, good to go on today's show. So there you go. Ed Graney again, 2.30. Kevin Ostriker at 3.30. Brian Fisher at 4 o'clock. Those are the guests that we have lined up on the show today. Now let's jump into the opening drive. 
the opening drive of unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Law. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. So as always, Raider Nation, we want to hear from you. 702-365-9200. You are the heartbeat of the radio station. We definitely appreciate you. Also have the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. I always like to bring a few subjects to the, to the show each and every day. But if you want to go off grid, if you want something's on top of your mind you want to talk about, you could also chime in. Or anytime we have a guest on the show, you could chime in as well and ask a question. And we'll try to pass that along to our guests. And I try to do a really good job of paying attention to the text line when we have a guest on, but sometimes I get going a little bit and forget to check it out. But if you do have a question for a guest that we have, you could definitely uh, hit us up, 69187, keyword r is the best way to get your comment through. But if you want to chime in when we don't have a guest, you can give us a call at 702-365-9200. So the first question I want to ask is about Marcus Peters. Now that we know that it's official like a referee's whistle, he's signed, sealed, and delivered on a one-year deal with the silver and black, what do you think he brings to the table? What does he bring to the table for the Raiders defense what does Marcus Peters in your opinion bring to the table for that Raiders cornerback room that's question number one I think it's a good thing I think it's going to provide a lot of competition Uh, I'm also it's also a little concerning as far as I'm concerned especially since we know that Troy Hill's also coming in for a visit it's also a little concerning only because there's a lot of bodies right now in that cornerback room and I feel like that they're not they're still not happy with the room Right And look, that, that could be me reading too much into it. Again, it's a 90-man roster, not a 53-man roster. So maybe the competition is just that, is just more competition. But, I mean, you sign Marcus Peters to a one-year deal, I feel like he's holding it down on one side. So you really are, are, are fighting for one open spot on the outside. You're going to see who's going to compete on the inside between Nate Hobbs and, uh, and Tyler Hall and maybe a couple others. Right, so I mean that's that's going to be that's going to be a question. Obviously, uh, who's going to fill these different voids? But as far as just his tenacity as a football player, what he brings to the field, the fact that he can get after uh, the ball when it's in the air, he's really good at baiting the quarterback to to make an errant throw, and then he breaks on the ball and, and goes. And I think again, coming off the ACL uh, being more than a year removed now, I think that's going to help him. I think he's going to be better. I think his legs will be fresher than they were last year with the Baltimore Ravens. But that's, again, why we have Kevin Ostriker from Lockdown Ravens joining us at 3.30 to talk about that. So that's my first question I have. What are your thoughts on Marcus Peters now being added to the Raiders roster? What does he bring to the Raiders defense, in your opinion? What does he bring to that Raiders cornerback room? And then the other question that I want to ask you is about head coach Josh Daniels. We meet with him tomorrow morning at 9.30. Again, you can hear that press conference on the morning tailgate at 9.30 on Raider Nation Radio 920. So if you could ask Josh Daniels one question, and it can't be, you know, something just off the cuff that just doesn't make any sense that you know he's going to roll his eyes and be like, okay, come on, you know, or, or, whatever, or get you removed from the, the press conference room. Like a real, a real question. If you could ask him one question at tomorrow, tomorrow morning's opening presser, what would it be? And, and I say, and I, I emphasize opening presser because I feel like it's a big deal. When the coach talks, it officially opens up training camp, right? Unless you're the Cowboys and Jerry Jones has to give a state of the union for the team, which he loves every minute of that. And that's like the longest press conference ever. That dude will go on and on and on because he loves to hear him some him. But normally, with most of the teams in the league, when the head coach speaks for the first time at training camp, that's when it's officially open. All right, it's, it's about to get real. So if you could ask head coach Josh McDaniels one question at tomorrow's opening presser, what would it be? And I'm kind of struggling with that question because I have multiple questions that are, are floating in my head. But I, I, I sometimes, and this happens, in, uh, you know, peeling back the curtain, this does happen in press conference settings. Sometimes you realize 
depending on, you know, what, what the temperature is of the room and what's going on with the team. You know, it could be after a big win. It could be after a big loss. It could be after a big injury. Whatever the case may be, sometimes you realize when you ask a question, that may be the only one you get. You may not be able to double back and get, you know, two or three good questions in. Now, Vinny's different. Vinny's like the godfather, right? Vinny's like – it's like, wait, nobody speak until Vinny speaks. I don't know how that, that became a rule. I'm okay with it. <laughs> but it's almost like that became a rule. It's almost like when Josh McDaniels or any head coach that's been with the Silver and Black gets ready to talk, they immediately look over to Vinny. Like if you watch on YouTube tomorrow, and you can watch it, when you watch it, it's almost like Coach McDaniels will look immediately at Vinny like, okay, what you got? Right? And then the rest of us will follow in line and ask questions after that. But I'm kind of struggling with it because I have multiple questions. One is about Marcus Peters. You know, and, and, and what, you know, what led to them wanting to sign him as, you know, this is the second time that he's met with the Silver and Black this offseason. So, you know, that's one of the questions I have, but I don't want to know if that's the most important question. And then I kind of realized that that will probably be the question that Vinny asked first is about Marcus Peters. So, I, so I'm, trying to, I'm trying to make this make sense in my own mind, <laughs> right? Sometimes you got you to gotta play the game, right? You got to figure it out. It's almost, like, it's almost like arguing with yourself sometimes. And I don't know if you ever do this. Maybe it's just me. Um, I don't lose the argument to myself, by the way. But sometimes when I, I, I feel like, okay, I got something going on, I, I, I'll say it out loud. Like maybe I'll, I'll say, okay, this is what I'm going to say, and this is what the response is going to be, and this is going to be my counter, and this is going to be the response's counter. You know what I mean? Like I'll do that. And it's not really arguing. It's just playing it out in your mind. So <laughs> this is what I'm doing, and this is what I do sometimes when it comes to press conference settings. Okay, like, all right, Vinny's going to ask this. This will be the response. And, okay, let me ask this. And maybe I can go in this direction. So sometimes you got to pick your, pick your battles. And so I think that the one that I really want to ask Coach McDaniels about, and I think the one I'm going to settle on, is about Byron Young, the third-round pick out of, out of Alabama. And we found out that he's going to start on the pup list on Friday. Vinny actually uh, reported that. And I know I can't say, well, Byron Young is going to be on the pup list. How long do you expect him to be out? Because I, I already know. Again, talking back and forth, I know the answer. Well, I don't want to put a timetable on, on injuries. Like I, I won't put a timetable because then there's expectations. And if he doesn't return in a week or two, whenever I put the timetable, then it's going to be, okay, well, what's going on? He's out longer. That will be the answer. And we've heard that answer multiple times. And, some, and somehow guys don't understand that you can't ask that question like that because that is going to be the built-in answer. Right. I don't want to put a timetable on it, but I do want to ask about it because, again, it feels it was like very unexpected, something that none of us had talked about. Where Tyree Wilson starting on the NFI list, to me, that felt expected. That, that was like, OK, that's 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 probably going to happen. But Byron Young, to me, is a surprise. So I think the question I'm going to ask the wording is how much of a setback is Byron Young being on the pub list for him and his development and the plans for this Raiders defense moving forward? I think that's the way to word it. Where I can't get a, well, I'm not going to put a timetable on it. You know what I mean? Like, I know that that's the, 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 the answer that you get when you ask about injuries. It's mainly, I'm not going to put a timetable on it. So it's like I got to play a, 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 like a, I have to have a plan inside my own brain. A plan of attack. A game plan. Right? <laughs> I got to run routes in my own mind so I can figure out exactly how to do it. So somehow, some way, the question about Byron Young and him being out and being on the pup list to start training camp will be, my first question that I, that I ask, uh, again, I believe there will probably be a couple questions about Marcus Peters, and they'll be asking questions about Jimmy G. So that's fine. That's kind of built in. You know it's going to happen. But for me, Byron Young, how much of a setback is him starting training camp on the pup list for him and also for the plans of this Raiders defense moving forward? Because I do believe that he is a, a, a part of the defense that they are counting on. 
right? I think that they're, he's a part of the defense that they're expecting to compete in that defensive line and provide some more depth as far as the defensive tackle position. And we've talked to many people from Vinny to Vic to Ed uh, to anybody who covers the silver and black, Paul Gutierrez. And I think a lot of people, for the most part, including myself, think Byron Young could help contribute pretty early in the process. But when you start on the pup list, I feel like it's a, it's a pretty big setback, and uh, you know, especially when it was something that was unexpected. But what says you? Those are the questions I have. What do you think Marcus Peters could bring to the Raiders' defense, defensive uh, unit and also the cornerback room now that he's signed, sealed, and delivered on a one-year deal with the Raiders? And also, if you had one question you could ask head coach Josh McDaniels at tomorrow's morning's opening presser, what would it be? 702-365-9200. Also, the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword r Let's go out to the phone lines real quick. Talk to our good friend Raider Dave in Denver. Welcome to Unnecessary Roughness. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, thank you. I appreciate that uh, carrot cake loving, brother. Um, <laughs> I would simply ask how his off-season assessment program is going to change from last year with one less preseason game. Good question. Good question. I like that. I think it, I think it would be vastly different. I mean, he's got to have 25% less than what he had last year to go ahead yeah. and try to fit it all in. And I, and I think that uh, as an, uh, a second to that, he's got two practices with other teams versus only one scrimmage last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Good. Hey, good call, Raider Dave. Definitely appreciate you. I think that that is big. I really do. That's something that we haven't talked about a lot, but having two joint practices with teams that are strong defensively, like the Niners and the Rams, and I know the Rams aren't the team that they were when they won the Super Bowl, but they can still get after it defensively, right? I still think that they're pretty stinking good, and they got a guy named Aaron Donald that's pretty good. So that's going to be a good test for the offensive line. But the 49ers also having the joint practice, I think that that's big. That actually, the joint practices are are more important, in my opinion, I believe the coaches' opinions as well, than the preseason game is. I think that they enjoy those joint practices a lot more than they do even going out there and having the team suit up for a game. So that is something that is major. And, yeah, I mean, last year, head coach Josh McDaniels had four games. He had the Hall of Fame game and then the other three, right? They don't have the Hall of Fame game this year. So they do have less time to get guys on the grass and see what they can do. You know, and, and really, I guess one question that will definitely be asked, and I, I don't think it will be answered, is, you know, what's the plans, plans for Jimmy G in the preseason? Does he get a little bit of burn? I think he should. But also, as Harry Douglas told me this morning, Q, every, every meeting room I've ever been in, the plan is always get the guys in September. Get the players in September. It's never been about so let the guys shine in August, <laughs> right? It's, and that's, and that's, a, that's a, what, nine, ten-year NFL vet that told me straight up, like, Q, I know that fans don't like it. I know that us as the media don't like to see these guys not go out and compete in, in, tra- in preseason. But the plan from every single coach is always get my guys to September. Let's go back out to the phone lines real quick, talk to our other good friend, Raider X. Welcome to the show, my man. What's on your mind? Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Hey, so uh, I think I would open it up. Uh, the, my, my question for uh, now being your second year with the team, obviously there were some games that kind of slipped away from you and, uh, you know, should have gone as, as W's. But uh, I want to see if, you know, what would he do different going – or what does he plan on doing different into this next season? And if you could quantify progress in this next season on wins and losses, what would you, what would you consider – a good step forward of, uh, you know, making this team, uh, you know. 
All right, good stuff. Your phone cut out a little bit, but I, I think we got a good gist of what you're talking about. And, uh, yeah, a, a, lot of, a lot of adjustments for Coach McDaniels in year two. I think that that's, that's fair, right? And, and a lot of questions on, hey, you were in games, you know, and, and now how can, you, how can you take those games that you were in and really close to and lost at the end? How can you turn that, flip that upside down, and, uh, and actually win those games? And, you know, it's funny. We talk about it, and I've talked about it quite a bit on the show, about those close losses and how the fact that the team in 2021 won all those games. The team in 2022 lost all those games. When I was on ESPN earlier today and Ryan Clark was our guest, he picked Minnesota, the Vikings, to actually win the division this year. And I asked him straight up about, you know, the, the, the fact that the Vikings' defense was not very good. They were terrible. Now they went out and hired Brian Flores. They're going to try to turn that, that defense around. I said, so is that the reason why you think that the Vikings, because they were really good offensively, but they, weren't, they were terrible defensively, is that the reason why you think that they'll win the division? And he pointed out the close games. And it was actually caught me by surprise that maybe, and I probably should have had Ari pull this audio, and maybe we can get it at some point and bring it up on the show a little bit later. But he, he said that, you know, they won a lot of these one-score games, and he said that that's a skill set. Like, that's, that's a skill set. Like, really good teams do that. And it was funny to me, and I didn't elaborate because we only had a few minutes, so I didn't kind of, you know, go back and forth with them on this. But he said that that's what really good teams do is they find ways to win those close-scoring games. And all I can recall – and I know I've said it myself as well. Everyone that talked about the Raiders winning those close-score games was basically it was luck, right? And so nobody said that, oh, that was a great skill set by the Raiders to win those close-score games. It was just a, num- it was a numbers game. And at the end of the numbers, they were on the wrong end of them in 2022 where they are on the right end in 2021. So I wanted to go back and forth, but like I said, the, the time we had wasn't very long. Is it a skill set? You know, is it, is, it more, is it closer to, well, that's what really good teams do is they win games at the end, or is it – you know, it was a numbers game, and the ball just happened to bounce the right way for them. Was it more of a luck-type situation where they had luck on the wrong side of things in 2022? It was bad luck. So not that I'm questioning. I mean, look, this is a Super Bowl champ in Ryan Clark. So, I look, he knows a lot more football than I do. So, you know, I just took it with a grain of salt. But it, did, it was something that caught me by kind of by surprise that he said it that way because I haven't heard it worded like that. And I feel like even when we've had that conversation and argument with people from the national side of things, you know, well, hey, the Raiders did this, and they won this, and they were able to, you know, win all these games. Yeah, but the point differential wasn't right, and the analytics say that, that you know, that's, that's not a very good team. So maybe that's the answer. Maybe I just talked my own answer up. Maybe it's the analytical side of things said that it's not a very good team. Maybe just the eyeball test, which I like to go by. I'm not an analytical guy. Maybe the eyeball test says, no, you know what? That's a damn good skill set to have, being able to win that close game, and that's what they need to have. So when Raider X says that he had asked me, Daniels, about those close games, it's a good question. It's a really good question. How does he plan on changing things up in year two so he could be on the right side of winning those games, whether you're an analytical guy or you're an eye test guy like me? I like that. Raider X, thanks so much. Raider Dave in Denver, thanks so much for your call as well. 226 is the time. When we come back, Ed Graney, he'll join us. He'll give us a couple questions that he's thinking about for head coach Josh McDaniels. We'll talk about Marcus Peters and more. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. Do you remember last year with the 49ers? They gave the job to Trey Lance, and he was on the side just kind of working out, and he wasn't traded. Trey Lance breaks his foot week two. In comes Jimmy Garoppolo, and he leads them on an eight and three run. Yes. I mean, so he he had no preparation. That's impressive. Yeah, that's that's impressive. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness. 
with your boy Q, broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Amber Theo Harris right there at Eric Allen and talking about Jimmy Garoppolo and what he did last season. What, Ari? <laughs> Didn't you just say something in my ear while I was in the middle of talking? Yes, I apologize. What'd you say? I, now I, that we got it all out there in the open, what'd you say? Oh, boy, I, I mix the embers up sometimes, so I, uh, I confidently was correcting you incorrectly. All right. You so, had it right. That's all why right. you're the host. All right, that'll work. <laughs> Amber Theo Harris and Eric Allen talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. Thank you. I got a little confused for a minute, but it's all good. No worries. Why. Hey, it happens, man. Live radio happens. Uh, th- talk about Jimmy Garoppolo and what he did with the 49ers, uh, not having an attitude, not causing a problem when the 49ers said he was out of there. Something Amber said on our show on Friday when she joined us. So, yeah, I think that that's a good thing that Jimmy is that kind of guy. I don't think leadership will ever be a question when it comes to Jimmy. It's always going to be about the health. Well, join us now on the phone lines to talk all things silver and black, and I'm sure enjoyed that exchange between me and Ari as our good friend Ed Graney from our sister station ESPN Las Vegas and also the Review Journal. And Ed, sometimes live radio happens, man, and sometimes, you know, you just got to ask what the what the hell the producer's talking about. I'm going to trust the guy who's on no- uh, morning, night, and afternoon national radio with ESPN. <laughs> so I'll uh, trust the guy that every time I turn on my channel, no matter what time of day I'm out, uh, I hear the cue, man. Yeah, it's, it's hey, look, man. <laughs> It's, as long as they want you, man, you got to keep on going back, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, you're darn right. I, I, we almost just stopped the press box this morning and put you on. Oh, that's funny. That is funny. <laughs> well, it's always appreciated, but you guys do a fantastic job on the press box, so I don't, I don't want to do anything and change any of that. But, Ed, you heard us talking about Jimmy G. You heard Amber Theo Harris talking about him. He passes physical on Sunday, so it looks like one of the questions that we had going into Wednesday's practice is answered. He'll be out there. How big is that for the Raiders? I think that's enormous, Q. Um, he's the guy, right? Uh, he's the guy who has to uh, take over that offense this year and, and make it what I think uh, uh, everyone thinks it can be with their skill players. Uh, and, you know, assuming Josh Jacobs comes back, and I do think eventually he will, and I think you do too. Um, so I I think it's huge that he's going to be out there. Um, whether they, you know, because of the foot, whether they, you know, indoctrinate him in slowly or, or, you know, they throw the whole thing at him in the first day, I probably they probably won't do that. But just the fact he's going to be out there, I think, says a lot to his teammates, says a lot to his team, gives them confidence. Um, If I'm on that offense and I see him on the field um, doing anything at this point, um, I have a lot of confidence that he's going to be okay and healthy and moving forward. So I think it's just as much about the confidence he's going to instill in others as he's going to be on the field for himself. How quickly do you think he can get up to speed with the offensive line? Like, I know the weapons are one thing, like Devontae and, and Hunter and Jacoby, but really the offensive line, learning his cadence and, and whoever's snapping the ball, whether it be Andre James or Dylan Parham, that I think is an important element as well. We talked about this this morning, I, I'm, I, and it's not as the sexy storyline that is, you know, Garoppolo quarterback, Josh Jacobs not showing up and, and what everyone's talking about. I'm absolutely, and it sounds a little weird, I guess, most fascinated with the offensive line. You and I and everyone talked about this offensive line to death last year, before the season, during the season, how, how where it was short, where it was underachieving, ended up being a pretty good pass or run blocking uh, uh, line, not a good pass blocking line. So um, we talked about it this morning. I, I'm more interested in that than maybe anything offensively because you, you kind of know what all the other guys can do, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you, you know what Devontae Adams can do. You know what Hunter Renfro can do. Um, you know when Josh Jacobs is there, what he can do. But this offensive line, there's jobs up for 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 uh, you know jobs up in the air. Mm-hmm. There's guys coming back like Brandon Parker, who was hurt all last year. What will he do? Can he make you know? Can he make an impact? Can someone unseat Ellen Lenore? 
Um, I'm really, really interested in the offensive line, and you're right. It's whatever, however long it takes him to get this down, and it's going to be interesting because if there are jobs up, you know, for grabs, um, how quickly will Jimmy kind of um, understand who his offensive line is going to be? And you ha- you need to get comfortable with that. So that's a great point um, in terms of how quickly he can get up to par with these guys, and and really who's going to be in front of him. Right, exactly, and that's that's going to be something. I think that uh, last year it took a long time for the Raiders to decide who the starting five was going to be. This year, Ed, I think this is something they need to know coming out of camp. Like week one in Denver, they need to know who their starting five is going to be. Yeah, they do, and they do, and that, that's a good point. Um, yeah, last year was, again, we talked so much about it last year. We didn't have a week where we weren't talking about the offensive line. This year, uh, barring injury, you know, they need to know who those five are, and then if you know some guy gets hurt and someone gets hurt and you have to plug somebody in. But you need to know right off the bat who the five are, who are in front of him, and who's going to keep him upright. Because, again, as great as it is that he's been given the green light to start camp and that he likely will be out there doing at least some stuff on Wednesday, um, if not just out there, um, you know, he's, he has just the one thing you said it on the intro coming in, the one thing about him is his health. And you've got to get five guys in front of him who can protect him um, and do a good enough job. So how do you do that? You get some continuity during the preseason. You figure out who your best guys are, and you start them, and you hope that that's the line going forward. But, you know, each week when we pick up the lineup card at the games, there's not a lot of changes on it. No, no doubt about it. Ed Graney from the Las Vegas Review-Journal and our sister station ESPN Las Vegas joins us here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness, breaking news when it comes to the silver and black. Just uh, received this email from our good friend Cam over with the Raiders. Raiders assigned defensive end Isaac Rochelle. Uh, he is a guy that is six foot four, two 280 pounds in his seventh season in the NFL, uh, played with the Cleveland Browns and the Colts, originally selected by the Chargers, uh, seventh round in 2017. So he's played in 70 career games with 10 starts and has had 98 tackles and nine and a half sacks, 11 tackles for loss and one interception, three passes defense. So there you go, Ed, right as we're speaking, we're getting all kind of news on unnecessary roughness today. Isaac Rochelle signed uh, as more competition on the defensive line room for the silver and black. You know, that's just Cam being Cam, Yeah, uh, putting that out there uh, on top of things. Cam's always on top of things out there at Raider Nation. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, is he a depth guy? Um, you know, obviously uh, they, they, they're they counting on Tyree Wilson getting healthy and, and you know, being, being on that line. Um, but you can never add, you know, in my mind, especially, during, especially before camp, you know, right. add as many uh, depth guys as you can and, and let it play out. Let them, you know, let them compete for spots. You know, like you said, he's, he's been in the league. He's started a lot of games. Um, you know, so a guy like that, you know, I, I don't mind them, you know, uh, signing a guy like that at this point. Get as many guys in there as you can and see, you know, see how it falls out. You know, how much does that have to do with uh, third-round pick Byron Young not being available, yeah. starting out on the pup list? Even though he's really an interior guy, he's still a guy in that defensive line room. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think that has a little to do with it, right? You're, you're, you're and here's the thing: you just got to get enough bodies for practice. Um, right. Even though I'm not saying this guy's a body for practice, but um, you know, the more guys that are out, the more guys you need out there, you know, competing and, and practicing. And you know, it's not going to be 50 degrees, um, right. you know, out there as you and I are about to find out um, as they uh, as we're standing in the middle of the sun. Um, yeah. We always have to put that out there. Although last year we got some shade too over on the other side of the field. So what am I saying? <laughs> Cam's always got enough water for us, but um, yeah, no, I mean, you know, you got get bodies out there, get numbers out there, and see who can make the cut. 
Right, exactly. Again, competition is always going to be a good yeah. thing, and I think with Tyree being out and Byron Young being out, uh, that's just another guy that's going to go out there and compete, and maybe he makes the squad, maybe he doesn't, but yeah. like you said, they've got to be able to take reps. Well, uh, the big news of the day as the show started was the signing of Marcus Peters. I don't think it was a big surprise. Most of us expected it to happen, but it immediately happened as soon as the show started. So what do you think Marcus Peters brings to the table for the Raiders? I mean, four-time All-Pro. Was he, was he not Defensive Rookie of the Year? Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, a really, really good player um, at a spot that has been a question mark as well um, that can come in, a veteran presence, and I think probably be really good from the jump. Um, you know, again, you know, as long as Nate Hobbs isn't playing softball for his career, <laughs> uh, you know, he's uh, he's probably going to get a chance at one of, you know, one of the perimeter sides. But, um, you know, Marcus Peters, um, I think, is a really, really good signing. Um you know, again, he's played a lot of football. He's played a lot of football at a very high level, been an all-pro four times. So I don't know how he can't come in and help, you know, a position. Uh, you know, we say of need because we're not sure how it's going to shake out. We're not going to. Sh- we're not sure how the vision's going to shake out in terms of the starters and who- who's going to step up. So I, this this can only help you, I think, with Marcus Peters. I don't think. I don't think signing him can hurt you. I think it can only help you. How much better do you think he is now that this will be year two removed from the torn ACL as opposed to what uh, we saw when he was with the Ravens last season? Yeah, I mean, medical stuff in 2023 is so different. Um, you know, they, 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 they can recover, you know, they can recover over time and they can actually, you know, they can actually be better a second year from a first. Mm-hmm. Because in the first, you're still – as great as these guys are athletically, um, it's still, to me, and everything I've read about it and written about it, you know, and you know this, it's more psychological than anything, yep. you know, in terms of cutting, in terms of trusting your body that you can be that player again, that you can, you know, you can do what you once did to make yourself great. So, you know, for all we know, you know, his, he's, he's better, he's in a better place psychologically. And, you know, the more you do it, the more you trust in yourself, the more you trust your body. So, um, like I said, I think it's a really good signing. Um, I think, you know, uh, he can only help them and, you know, he's going to help, you know, younger players as well. You know, I mean, he's, he, like I said, he's played a lot of good football at a, at a really high level. So he's going to be out there, I'm sure, you know, you know, doing his best to, you know, to make a difference, but also to help any younger players that are out there. Well, I don't know one thing about Marcus Peters, man. He is not ashamed to get his hands on the ball, right? <laughs> he no, is not afraid. We we <laughs> talked about that, that that's what they need more of. Yep. Exactly. That's going to be that's going to help him in, in a major way. I'm hoping you're seeing a really good and fresh Marcus Peters again, two years removed now from the torn ACL. I think that'll be better for him. Well, Ed, we'll close out with this. And, you know, we know the Josh Jacobs situation. We know that we're not going to see him at training camp, probably see him like a week or two, maybe before the season starts, get ramped up and then get ready to go and collect that $10 million. And then who knows what? But he's only 25. He just turned 25 in February. I mean, contract be damned. How many really good years of, of top-notch running do you think Josh Jacobs still has in his in his legs? Well, before that, did you see the Tom Palestro tweet this morning? About him flying out of Vegas yeah. today? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw you that. A, you got a pretty good source for that, right? I mean, I was wondering if he was B-54 in Southwest or if he actually upgraded. Always upgraded. Always. He doesn't have the 10 million yet, but he's probably got enough to upgrade. If um, I could upgrade, he could upgrade. Exactly. <laughs> if you and I are A1 through 15, he's A1. Exactly. Um, no, look, I don't think he's going to lead the league in rushing. He, you know, there's a, there's a good chance he doesn't lead the league in rushing again in his career. I mean, that's right. hard to do. Yep. That's really hard to do. But, you know, I still think he has at least a few good years left in those legs and, and in him, and I think that's why – you know, he pushed for that contract extension, and he wanted he wanted the multi-year deal. 
Um, because look, they know their bodies and they know, you know, there's a time when things go, you know, south for running backs at a certain age. Um, so, you know, he's probably looking at himself and you and I are saying, man, 25, that's really young. Um, you know, and, and, but in football years and in running back years, those guys and their agents, they know, you know, how, how quickly it can go. So, um, I still think he has a few good years left in him, if not two or three. Um, but I also think that the Raiders have, yeah, this is the way they're going with running backs. Uh, they're going to tag him. Um, I agree with you that he comes in before game checks are lost, um, gets back on a flight and comes back this way eventually, maybe a week to go with preseason. You know, maybe, you know, you get back in for a week and take some hits and, and you're ready to go. That's when I suspect he'll come back. Um, and I just, I'm, I think I'm with you. I don't, I don't think I, he misses any game checks. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. It does. It, no. You can't really. You don't gain anything by by losing no. out on money, <laughs> right? I mean, there's no. Just... You're just you know, and you're losing. You know, we've talked about it in the past guys who sat out the year, and you know, it's you lose something a lot right. of the time. You know, a lot of times you lose something that you know. If you it, you know, everyone thinks rest is good for the body, but that's a game where you know each year as you get older, no matter how in shape you are, it's tougher and tougher. So, I think he comes back eventually. I don't think he misses a game check and. Um, you know, that's the statement he probably feels he needs to make. No doubt. Well, it all gets real tomorrow when uh, head coach Josh McDaniels talks to us and opens up training camp, and then the first day of practice is on Wednesday. So, Ed, what are you writing about that uh, we should be on the lookout for? It now becomes all Raiders all the time, buddy. <laughs> it becomes all Raiders all the time, starting with uh, McDaniels. And um, as you and I are out there Wednesday uh, with uh, – uh, a hefty bottle of water in hand. Yeah, there's no doubt. Well, Ed, uh, I'll see you tomorrow morning, uh, bright and okay, early. Buddy. We'll be talking to Coach. And, uh, yeah, it's real. Training camp is back, so let's get it. I appreciate you. appreciate you, Q. Take care of yourself. Yes, sir. There he goes. Ed Graney, our good friend, ESPN Las Vegas. And, of course, the Las Vegas Review-Journal does a fantastic job with both. And, of course, you can check him out 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. on our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas. 2.45 is the time. Marcus Peters, official like a referee's whistle. Uh, they also got Isaac Rochelle, official, official like a referee's whistle. Done deal records. Is there any more that could be coming in? And what are corresponding moves that they will be making? Well, that will come out sooner rather than later. But we have the question out there. Now that you know Marcus Peters is added to the mix officially, what do you think he brings to the Raiders defense in that secondary room and if you can ask head coach Josh Daniels one question at tomorrow morning's press conference what would it be let us know about it this is Raider Nation Radio 920 you're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio and we've got winning on the way the Lotus Summer of Fun another trip that we're going to be giving out four-day trip to Orlando's Disney World Orlando Universal Studios, plus a tour of the Kennedy Space Center. Or you could take the $3,000 cash. Again, a load of summer of fun. Uh, we gave out a trip to Alaska, gave out a trip to New York, uh, giving out a trip to Maui. I mean, we're hooking it up each and every week. I love it. It's company-wide. Uh, we've already had one winner here locally, our guy Wendell, who got registered on this very show, Unnecessary Roughness, and uh, very proud of that and, and uh, proud of the trips that were given away. Uh, who couldn't use a vacation, especially when it's as hot as it is? Today's actually a cool day. It's only 108. <laughs> so it's only 108 instead of 112, so uh, it's a cool day. But we've got winning on the way. Matter of fact, at the end of this segment, I'll be looking for caller number nine. It's a little bit of a tease at 702-365-9200 to get you qualified for four tickets to an Aviators game, which is one step closer to the Lotus Summer of Fun. But we've heard the news about Marcus Peters. We've heard the news about Isaac Rochelle, both signing with the Silver and Black today. So I asked the question about Marcus Peters in general. What do you think? Marcus brings to the table as a member of the Raiders in that secondary and that defensive line room, or that defensive room, I should say, uh, in, in general. I saw Mad Max Crosby thinking of the defensive line. I saw him tweet out, dog. 
and that's all he needed to tweet. And I know exactly what he's talking about. He's talking about Marcus Peters. So uh, something that Max Crosby's talked about quite a bit, that you need to have dogs on the team. And Marcus Peters is a dog. He is one of those guys. He's an alpha. He's a guy that can get after the, the, the ball. When it's in the air, he makes plays on the ball, breaking it up or, or intercepting it. And then he's got a little wiggle where he can get to the, to the end zone too. 2019, when he when he's, uh, was traded to the, the Ravens, he had, what, five? Was it five? No. He had, I think, five good total uh, interceptions that year and three total uh, touchdowns that year. So that's not too bad. A guy that scored three touchdowns, I'll take it. Right? That was in one year. That was in 2019. That was the year that he was traded uh, from the Rams to the Ravens. So we'll talk to Kevin Ostriker about that coming up at 3.30 about what Marcus Peters brings to the table. But looking at the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R, when he's talking about about Marcus Peters, this is from 805 Raider, Peters is going to ball out with Marshawn Lynch rooting on him. I would ask Josh McDaniels if he would be willing to bring in Kaepernick to compete for a backup quarterback spot. That's 805 Raider. I can answer the second part about Cap right now. That's over. That's done. Right? When, he, when they brought him in for a workout before, that was really the last legs. Uh, and and I, I don't mean with the Raiders. I mean with any team in general. Like that, That's a wrap. I know that there's been – that conversation's came up again, but it, he's too far from removed. It, it ain't happening at this point. Uh, as far as him balling out with Marshawn Lynch rooting on, rooting on Marcus Peters, I can see that. I could definitely see him being better than he was last year with the Ravens because, and I, get, I go back to this so many times as a guy that's torn both of my ACLs and my knees, it's all about your confidence. And when you do have that confidence that you're that guy and you're back, then you play at a much better level. Like I returned to playing basketball, uh, you know, the following year or however many months I needed to be out. But another year removed, oh, man, I, I had all the confidence in the world. Matter of fact, I had too much confidence. Then I went and tore my other ACL. But the, the point is your confidence level is really – what separates you when you're coming back from an injury like that. So uh, I do think it's going to be a good thing, and I think he will have an opportunity to play at a high level and really be that guy, that ball hawk that the Raiders have been looking for in that secondary. Let's go out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our friend Quick. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Quick? Jubal, what it do? What up, man? I'm chilling. Look, uh, no questions for Josh. Pass the mic. Patrick Graham. <laughs> Patrick Graham. Patrick Graham. Uh, do you plan on uh, guarding Travis Kelsey this season or uh, what? That's the only question I got, man. I'll talk to you next time. There he goes. Quick. I, you know what? I love it when quick calls because his calls are always quick, right? I mean, not only is that his name, but that's, his, that's, that's how his style is for calling is a quick call. And look. You know, the, the way to ask that, and I don't know when we're going to talk to Patrick Graham. It will, it'll be sometime this week. But I think that's a very valid question, not really necessarily worded the way that, that Quick said it. But it's, it, it does provide a good, a good thought, right? Like, how do you plan on defending Travis Kelsey this year? I mean, he did well in week five, right? I mean, Travis Kelsey only had 25 yards receiving. Problem is he had four touchdowns. That can't happen. So how do you go about slowing that dude down? Does a guy like Marcus Peters guard him? Does he kick inside to the slot and guard him exclusively? Does he put someone else on him exclusively, like a Nate Hobbs? Is, you know what I mean? Like there could be a, a different plan. Uh, Trayvon Merrick looked like he was very overmatched when he was out there trying to defend Travis Kelsey. So he didn't look like that he was in the best position in the, uh, you know, to do that. So maybe there's a new plan, and some of these other corners that are now in the room, maybe that's part of it. So I think a very valid question to ask Patrick Graham is, how do you – plan on trying to slow down Travis Kelsey this year, right? Is there, is there, a, is there a plan? And I don't expect him to roll it out and be like, yeah, we're going to have Marcus Peters guard or, or something like that because he's not going to tell the game plan. But you can get a good idea by body language and, and also kind of his response 
to, to, to what he's doing and, and what he's going to implement with these different players, you can get some kind of an answer like that. So keep those calls coming, 702-365-9200, plus the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. We do have cover three NFL news and notes of the day, but we will get to your calls. We will get to your texts. Right now, though, caller number nine as well can hit us up and get registered for the four tickets to the Aviators game in the Lotus Summer of Fun. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.